Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, January 29th, 2023. Coming at you live from Floored Media in Rockville Center. Another big, big show, a special show coming up for you tonight as a familiar face back in the chair here. Mr. Christian Arnold here for his, his send-off, his farewell show. To my left here, Stefan Rosner helped me out to host. Fellas, how are we doing? Oh, I'm supposed to confess. Yeah, I'm great, Shawnee. It's good to see you finally. You too, man. Yeah, I tried it's to been avoid you as long as possible, but you find me dragging. You know, it was really, it was really nice and peaceful here. I know. It, it, it was really the same was. with my life. It was great. Yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it was, it was really fantastic. But um, I know you've been a busy man over there at AM Sports, so great to have you back yeah, in here. Good to see you. Nice little send off here. Yeah, I know well too. He's the prior. I was going to say hello you? to Stefan. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I, I, We're I've dandy. seen Stefan more recently. So. Yeah. No, it's all good. It's all about Christian now. Amazing. Man. So, uh, <laughs> fellas, great to have you both here. Of course, want to remind everybody. But actually, before I do that, great guest coming up. Dan Saracini yeah. of Lighthouse Hockey. Almost forgot. I got so wrapped up in Christian Arnold here. I mean, he's back. It's like a, seeing a ghost. But anyway, Dan from Light, Lighthouse Hockey is going to join us. And, of course, I want to remind you all that we are proud to be presented by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and, of course, UBS Arena Belmont. Also proud to be presented to uh, be sponsored by Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. And, of course, our brand-new sponsor, Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play, food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop, board games to your family. Our staff will help you find the right game for you from old favorites to the hottest new releases. We have everything from strategic to easy party games. Get off your screens and unplug your game for a night your family will remember. Looking for meetups to join? Our Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, or Game Night Live communities are welcoming for all. We also do parties and corporate events located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Go to mainstboardgamecafe.com for more information. Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd. Unplug your game so gentlemen christian it's time to bid you farewell so once again get out no. yeah no, get the hell out of <laughs> well, here I'm glad i came Goodbye, uh buddy. welcome back uh ha- has it been covering all those boring uh, other boring sports and oh, well, i mean it's, it'll it's it was nice to see a playoff run from the giants that was exciting they did a lot better than i think anyone predicted because i unfortunately i think it might be outside of the rangers the only playoff run and the nets the only playoff run that we see in these parts for the uh the winter sports going forward so uh but that was fun it's been it's been very interesting to cover the nfl nba major league baseball you know sports that people care about oh is that a knock at the great sport of hockey christian and yes. tennis yes it was wow wow he steps <laughs> away and now, now all of a sudden he hates <laughs> hockey unbelievable no i've covered the rangers they're a great team they're in the playoff <laughs> spot here very good, Christian. Nice <laughs> to have that um, very special, unique brand. No, I mean, and joking, sense of humor. joking aside, I do miss covering the Islanders. I've gotten my Islanders fix every here, here and there, going out to the island to do some stuff on the Islanders. But uh, unfortunately, from what I've seen and from what I've heard and read at the great MYI Hockey Now, of course. <laughs> there you go. Where I go to get all my Islanders information when it's not from Joe Pantorno in AM New York, <laughs> just to make sure I'm abundantly sure. Like sure, sure. Uh, things have not been great on the island since I departed in the in September. Yes, yeah, sadly not. And and the Nets are still your main focus, right? Even though they still have you wearing a bunch of hats, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm all over everything. I don't know what right. my main focus is. Look at you, man. Well, well, that's <laughs> awesome stuff. 
off. It's a shame. It's a little bit bittersweet here with uh, this being Christian's last show, but it's great that he's back. Thank you. And uh, I'll just want to thank you for uh, for all the help, man, for for being involved. And we had a good two, three years. Mm-hmm. You helped build the show up and, uh, you know, kind of take it from the audio here to, into the video and into the studio and stuff. And then linking up with Jay here. So um, just appreciate all the all the hard, hard work and uh you know all the great times that we had here, and uh, we're gonna get get ready after tonight, which is fantastic. <laughs> but um, I do have I do have a, a special uh, surprise for you. Though. Oh boy, what's we that? He- we here at uh, Hockey Night in New York? We we put a little something together. We put a lot of focus, a lot of time into it, a lot of hard work. It's a lot of work, yeah. It's um, it? I feel like it's probably no, 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 no. It is. It's no, it's yeah, actually it's a bit of a tribute. It's a bit of a tribute video, that's and uh, I'm gonna show it to you right now. Like so this. Ed, I don't. If like you want to cue it up over on the on the show there in three, uh, yeah. two. One. <laughs> Farewell, Christian. Are people seeing this at home? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is horrifying. Both <laughs> <laughs> of these photos, I'm pretty sure, were taken before we ever connected for what hockey the? night. <laughs> Hold on a second. It just cut off. Oh. Ed, what the hell? You have to upload the rest? What do you mean? What? Oh, I love that's it. it. The Two same seconds? file? It just cut off? Wonderful. You no, guys are. That's it. It was. This was supposed to go on for like another five minutes. I, I sang like an origi- a whole original video. <laughs> <laughs> dude, are you sure you didn't just fall asleep making that thing? Or? This is unbelievable. That was a five minute video. You know how long it took me to make that? I don't know, probably not too long. Well, Christian, probably not too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two well, seconds. I mean, it's only. I'm sorry, man. It's only. It's only. You're misconstruing yeah, um, five minutes. We put our heart and soul seconds. into it, and uh, we hope. We hope now, when you said it. heart and soul, you really meant all the effort that you would want to expend on me. It takes me like fifteen tracks. That like actually minutes much, ago. That's more effort than I thought he put into I, anything. Maybe so. like 35 minutes. Yeah, so that's, that's impressive. That's impressive. I mean, you want to watch it again? No? no I, right. I could. I mean, I could watch it 35 more times. <laughs> but yes, Christian, uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. So sad to see you go. But, uh, you know, now we got Stefan. And and with that, Yeah, Stephen, no, Stefan's much better than I am. I, I'm happy to say For that Stefan's been helping us out here a couple times here with Chris Bott and everything. Stefan Rosner is now an official part of Hockey Night New York. Appreciate He's going to split time with Chris Botta. So you're going you're gonna to see both of them in here. It's the, uh, the show. Semyon Varlamov, Ilya Sorokin kind of co-hosting pack. You right do there. look a lot older. That's true. Yeah, I, I was talking about I was talking <laughs> about him and Chris. No, no, I'm talking about. Oh, I get I get what you're saying. I yeah. thought you meant like passing the baton, like as a starting no, no, goal. No, no, no. I don't think I'm that. Gotcha. I wouldn't. I'm not on Semyon Varlamov level. That's that's a nice thing for you bit. to say. But <laughs> and I appreciate it. But I I meant I meant Stefan and, and Bada. Gotcha. That's a dynamic gotcha. duo. That uh, appreciate that. Quite frankly, the show has gotten ten times better with the two of them. Oh, that's could that's it, without question. Disagree, yeah. No. I mean, you should see the numbers, Christian. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I still get some of the emails. <laughs> that's amazing. So yeah, there you have it, folks. A little bit of a change in the guard here. Stefan coming in. He's going to be official part of the show with Chris Botta. He's not going anywhere either. So the three of us. We'll be taking over duty. So there we go, Christian. So why don't we, can you even talk about the Islanders? Yeah, you know I can. Anything? Well, first of all, I can say <laughs> the things that I was saying at the beginning of the year about this team and, and the ability to not do anything really it was going to hinder them this season. And what has happened, everybody? The Islanders not moving or making any moves during the offseason has hindered their ability to win hockey games. Hence the terrible, terrible January that they Oof. just had. Uh, luckily, a little bit more positive than the last two games. Two big wins over, over two very tough club, as I will say that. Um, and that's a positive. You hope that they can go <laughs> into the break with some momentum off of that and kind of build upon that. I was looking at the schedule coming before we started the show. And I mean, in fairness, the schedule is a little light per se for them coming out of the all-star break. So that's kind of a big deal too, as well. So um, it certainly put a little bit more hope into the season. You know, they're only right. a couple points back of actual playoff spots, but really um, the circumstances surrounding this year of, kind of fall at the feet of Lou, not kind of, they fall at the feet of Lou Lamorello and the 
um, I'm trying to find the nice way of putting this, but <laughs> the Islanders fully handing over control and not really saying, hey, there's a mandate that you got to do X, Y, and Z because after after this year, it's not acceptable not to get to X, Y, and Z. I think, I think yeah, that's really and that's, kind of... Uh, it's been a hot yeah. topic right now. I mean, a lot of people are talking about Lou. A lot of people are ready to let Lou, you know, let him go. Yeah. We brought it up um, on the Twitter page the other day, just kind of asking fans about how hopeful they are and, you know, kind of just like what Lou should do, given this like limbo situation that they're in right now. Because, yes, it's great that they had these two wins. They're encouraging. But then you look deeper into the numbers here and you see that, yeah, okay, they're three points behind the Caps. They're two points behind the Pens. But they're even in games played with the Caps. Right. But Pens have three games in hand. They're one point behind Buffalo, who's suddenly in the mix now. They have three games in right. hand in the Islanders. And Florida's right behind, a point behind there, too. So, I mean, how hopeful should fans be when you look at all this stuff, and especially with the way they've been playing? They, they won these last two games here, and they only scored two goals in both of those games. Is that sustainable? Are they going to be able to do that for the rest of the season? Uh, no, that's the biggest. <laughs> that's the biggest issue because we saw under Trotz. Hey, it's, it's 2020 or 2010 again. Hey, they don't have a sustainable <laughs> score in the lineup. It's yeah. not like Doug Wade hockey though, because Doug Wade hockey they did score. They just couldn't get the puck out of their own net. It, which is amazing. Like when you think about the history of the New York Islanders, they've either not been able to score at all, or they score so many goals, but then they don't have any defense to play. There's been no middle. I mean, there was under Barry Trotz. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, but that's always kind of been the knock on the Islanders has been their inability to, to, to score and, and, and come up and, and kind of take teams out and win big games. So, I mean, that's continued to be the problem. And I think it might be the problem until Stefan and I are probably in our fifties and sixties at this point, the way things have gone with this organization. <laughs> so it's, it's an interesting situation, especially going into the, into the deadline. And this has been the last two games have been trots-esque hockey. And that's why they've, they've won them. They've played right. very strong defensively. They've, not made the most of all of their scoring changes, but enough to win. And then you got great goaltending. So, I mean, that's that's how the Islanders won under Trotz. And again, both, you know, a lot of the regular seasons under Trotz weren't good. The game against in, yeah. Detroit was one of the most complete games they've played oh, yeah. in a while. Yeah. And I'm not even ready to say that it was a full complete game, but it's something that I've been saying on the show since the beginning of the season, and it still remains to be the case. And a problem is that even in the wins that they've gotten, they haven't played a full 60 minutes. Yeah. They're either trailing early. That was a problem for a while. And then they were picking it up in the in the second half of the game. And more recently, they started off good. And, well, they weren't even winning these games anyway, but they would start off better. They maybe get the first goal or two. And then they're giving the lead up, and they're and they're kind of like sitting back again so for whatever reason this this team just can't stay focused for 60 minutes of hockey and they've also again they've won the last two games but they've been very one-dimensional yeah offensively it's been the brock nelson line with palmary being back and i know we'll get to that in a little bit but no other line is scoring yet bars all scoring overtime which Mm -hmm. he really needed snapping a 10-game goal drought yeah but again their five on five play is being dictated by one line and Mm -hmm. once the other pose the opposition figures that out They'll face the best defensive pair, and they'll get shut down eventually. Someone else has to, you know, step up. Right, and we're going to talk more about it real soon with Dan Saracini from Lighthouse Hockey. So I want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY, and of course, your favorite podcast providers. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal, and now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, 
can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Thanks for giving some time to our sponsors. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. Indeed, the train does roll on. Christian Arnold, Stefan Rosner, Sean Cuthbert. Wow, it feels good to do that once more. Yeah, amen. Get it out of my system <laughs> one more time. Back here on Hockey Night in New York from our beautiful studios here at Florida Media in Rockville Center, New York. That's right. That's right. It's time for On the Line. That's right. Going with our friend from Lighthouse Hockey, Dan Saracena, joins us now to talk some more Islanders hockey, the mess that has been the January. <laughs> and I hear Dan is also a fero- uh, fellow uh kind of Lou skeptic at this point which i kind of appreciate as well because i feel like everyone has kind of given lou lamarell the the run of the run of the mill the and business it's been a bit undeserving at this point with the way the team has played dan welcome to hockey night in new york how are you my friend <laughs> I'm, I'm very well i'm very well would i consider myself as a loose skeptic i guess i think we all have a right to be a little bit skeptical now but it is funny how uh two two wins in which you score you know four goals total <laughs> And uh, beat one of the worst teams in the conference can do for your uh, your dis- disposition as an Islanders fan because they're kind of back in it. But as you were saying before, you look at the the standings and they're also still kind of not in it. So it's a lot to a lot to take in right now. It's certainly an interesting. It's certainly been an interesting month, I should say. Dan, let's start there though. Coming out of the two wins, uh, two big wins realistically for the Islanders. Those really were two must-win games, no sure. matter how you sliced and diced it. Where? Are you as a fan? Where is your uh, optimism, your your hope for this organization now? Going into the All Star break, going into some time away, and then coming out of it with a bit of a, a, a I don't want to say easy schedule, but a lighter schedule coming out of it to kind of ease back into the into the flow of the game. Schedule coming out of the All Star game is is definitely lighter. Um, it's you know where I don't know if I really changed all that much from where I was before. This team still has a lot of things to fix for them to make the playoffs. Like, I think that's, that's pretty obvious. Now I would be lying if I didn't say that I felt a lot better being two games behind two points behind the penguins than, you know, six, <laughs> which I guess <laughs> is the possible uh, math uh, that they could have been uh, had they lost these two games. And certainly Wednesday, I was literally ready to just pack the whole team into one of those like pods containers and just like dump them in the redo canal in <laughs> Ottawa. Cause I didn't want to see them ever again. Just take the all-star break off and don't come back, please. Cause the two, one loss to the Ottawa senators going on 30 years now, is just about the worst possible scenario. And, and I'm sure it's happened to the Islanders many, many times. And it's just, I couldn't take it. But then, and then Friday going in, you're like, Oh, great. You're, they're going to lose. They always lose to Detroit. It feels like, you know, they just got shut out by them right. a few weeks ago and they win that game. Like Sean was saying, they play very, very well. And then, they get another win the next night against Vegas in overtime and Matt Barzell unleashing a shot. We haven't seen nearly often enough this year. And all of a sudden it seems a lot better. Now the penguins play two games while the Islanders are off. So, you know, if you ask me next week after those games are played, I might have a different answer for you, but it's still, they need to, they need to fix a lot. They don't, you can't win games just scoring two goals. Like it just can't be done. So no matter how good your goaltenders are. So uh, this season has not gone, I think, the way a lot of us thought it was going to. It started out great, and then it's kind of gotten off the rails. So uh, I don't know. But all I know is that it's going to be nice to have a week off. And then, <laughs> yeah. th- and then there's only 30 games left after that. So 
we'll know pretty quickly, I think, you know, where the rest of the season is going to go. Because if they come out and you know, they got four games right away, if they lose a couple of them to some pretty easy opponents, dude, I think we're all going to be pretty sad again. Yeah, yeah, Sean, I mean, we talked about it before the show is that, you know, if they beat Detroit and then lost mm-hmm. to Vegas, step forward, step back means Correct. nothing. If they right. come out of this right. break and drop two, it, again, means absolutely nothing. They've got to go on a, <laughs> on a streak, which, again, streaks have defined this team every year, I seem like, for the last five years. So if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to go on a streak. And like you said about the Penguins, they face the Penguins three more times. So Could be huge games and again, if we get that sure. far. Yeah, and the, and the three games in hand, the Penguins will make up two before the All-Star break. They go on their break, and then those games become critical. Same way with the Caps. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, Dan, you said before, you know, not what we expected so far out of this team to start the season, and it's definitely been a roller coaster. And, and as Stefan said, you have the streaks going left and right, and now they're in this limbo spot, right? Where, you know, and you kind of looking at it from a fan's perspective, it's almost like, you know, I kind of want to, you know, get in your brain a little bit and wonder, like, where do you want this season to go for this team? Because obviously we all want them to win. We want them to make the playoffs and see how far they can go. But we all kind of have in the back of our minds, right, that this is an aging team that, you know, some of these, you know, a lot of these guys in the team now are in their 30s, and we just don't know how you know, how much left in the tank these guys have. And, and you, you can't help but think f- towards the future. Everybody's talking about the trade deadline and what Lou may or may not do. So, I mean, if they kind of stay in this area that they're in in the standings right now and they even squeak in, is like, is that something you're still looking for? Is there a part of you that's like, you know what, maybe this team could could do with a little bit of a retool and build around the core of the summer. What do you say about that? Oh, man, again, it depends on the day. Like, yeah. you're, you're 100% right. Like, this team is a lot of them guys a lot of these guys are locked in they're not going anywhere um you know every time they lose it's like the trade everybody and and tank well that's not going to really work like that's just not going to happen um and so but then again if let's say they go on a run let's say they win you know 10 of their next 12 or something like that and they make the playoffs and then Mm -hmm. you're looking at a first round date against the bruins or the hurricanes and it's like now what what am I supposed to do with this? Now the funny thing <laughs> is, and, and like we 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 were talking to a guest on one of our podcasts the other day, and the funny thing is, like we have all seen this team do some crazy things. Like we've seen them get, you know, they were dead and buried when the season stopped in 2020, and then it restarted in the bubble right. a couple of months later, and they turned into probably the best version of themselves that any of us have seen in years, you know, yeah. the next year, the kind of the same thing. They, they didn't go into the playoffs really all that hot and ended up going to another semifinal. So this, it's almost like they've, they've kind of ruined us, you know, a little bit. They, <laughs> right. It's like, it's like the year the blues won the Stanley cup. And all of a sudden every team in last place is like, oh, St. Louis won the Stanley cup and they us. were in last place in January. Yeah. Well, that worked for them. Right. It's not necessarily going to work for you. And right. so, you know, that work for those Islanders teams. And I don't know if it's going to work for this teams. I guess to answer your question, like I just want some progress. I want okay. some to see some kind of like, you know, what is this team going to look like? Maybe, maybe this year we know what they're going to look like. They look like it now. What are they going to look like next year? Like, yeah. What are they going to do? You know, how are they going to get better? Because this year it, it is what it is. They're going to ride it out. I don't think they're going to make too many changes at the trade deadline. Mm. So what does next year mean? Like who, where is, where are Ratu and, and Balduk and, and those guys, where's Oliver Wallstrom been? Like, where are these guys going to be, you know, next year uh, when that team starts? Cause we're, we're all stuck here. Like we're all stuck in the same boat with this team. It's mm. going to be what it is. And they might make the playoffs. And they might miss the playoffs, but then what happens next year? Like that, that's, I guess what I want to know is, 
And is Lou going to be here? Like, I don't even know if he's you know, valid question. That situation going to be like so. Yeah, know, I mean, they're in, they're in NHL purgatory right now. <laughs> they are yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> they are too good to get the high draft pick that you know the Bedard. Yeah. And mm-hmm. apparently, you know, per Bettman, no one's tanking. And what Bettman <laughs> right. says is right. the truth sure. and only the truth. Yeah, gospel. Yeah, and, and again, they're not. They're I'm not. Sure but they're Roger not. Roger Goodell and Adam Silver have said the same thing. Yeah. About teams, right, yeah. sure, but they're not good enough. Nope. Again, we're at a point. We're at a point now where it's cup or bust, and it's been like yeah. that since Trotz and Lou right. got here. So just making right. the playoffs, I don't think fans. You know, as much as they yeah. want to see them go on a run and have the chance to go on a run, you just get to the dance and then dance. But um, just making the playoffs and then losing in the first round or even the second round, bars been raised. Yeah, the bar has been raised. So I think, right. again, I guess like you said, you know. Will Lou make moves at the deadline? Is it going to be too late by the deadline? I mean, March March third is a month. Of, a lot can change in a month. They could be in the playoff spot. They could be ten points back. Who knows? I think waiting really hurt the Islanders' chances. Like you know, back in December when they really started to fall off, or just showed signs of okay, they're reverting to what we saw last year. That's when I would have made a move, not even for an elite guy, because that guy that those teams are going to hold on to those guys to get as much as they can at the deadline, but shake something up, you know. Get a, uh, a depth forward or even a depth defenseman just to show that okay, we're gonna try to stop the, the the you know the slowdown or whatever happened in January, whatever you want to call it, and nothing happened, and now you're seeing them struggle mightily. And again, I don't, and I kept saying you know if you wait, you're gonna end up selling because again, this team they're streaky, but they when they go on winning streaks, they usually end up going on losing streaks too. So it'll be really interesting to see what what Lou does. Yeah, and and Dan, to piggyback off of that is the question I have for you is let's say that they do go on a little bit of a run here and they put some wins Mm -hmm. together and they make Lou and management at the very least feel comfortable with, you know, the team's place and they're going to make the playoffs. Are you scared of them even adding? (laughs) Do you want them to (laughs) add at that point? Like if they're in a wild card spot, like because everybody talks about, you know, how, you know, this franchise's, you know, depth, uh, you know, just beneath the the uh, the pro team is is mm. kind of lacking and they don't have a lot of assets. They've already dealt away three, what, three first first round picks yeah. in a row. Is that something you would even, you know, dip your toes into for the Islanders to finally go out and add a score at the, you know, at the expense of getting rid of whatever few assets that they have for, for a run with a team that we're not even sure can go that far? Well, this is part of the purgatory that Stefan was talking about before. Like, I honestly don't think that, Anybody wants what Lou is selling. Like, I, I know everybody is like, oh, well, you know, they just trade Beauvillier or they right. can trade. I don't think anybody wants any of these guys. If they're struggling for the Islanders. They're going to be struggling for them probably too. I also don't think Lou wants to pay the prices that are out there. So, like, even if they do put some wins together and, you know, some we're all standing, uh, you know, at the gates of UBS Arena or whatever, like, you know, chanting Timo Meyer's name, <laughs> I don't think he wants to pay whatever San Jose wants for right. Timo Meyer or, you know, insert name here. So they're kind of stuck uh, with what they have. Like, I I don't think. And then if they lose a bunch of games, it almost becomes a little easier because then you've got, you know, Varlamov or Mayfield or Parisi, who are the only three guys realistically that he could trade, maybe get something back for. But then that would signal to everybody that, you know, they don't they don't plan on making the playoffs or not really doing anything. So. So they're kind of stuck. I mean, I'm not afraid of them adding. I'm afraid of what they're what they would be losing. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I, I don't want to. You know, yeah. I don't want to trade a rat to or somebody for a Timo Meyer because, like you said, to just make the playoffs of the first round and and then lose. You know, so right. but and there are a lot of people that would say, get rid of him, <laughs> bring me Timo Meyer. Sure. Uh, you know, and the, and the other thing too is trading for a UFA. I still have like Christian Ehrhoff syndrome. Like I'm afraid <laughs> that they're going to tra- train for a guy who's a UFA and then he's going to be like, nah, I'm not interested. And he's good. just going to walk. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's that's what I don't want to do. 
uh, on the, they only gave up a fourth round pick for him, so it was really no harm. Great himself. reference. Yeah, I mean, I haven't yeah. done that Christian Ehrhoff in quite a bit of yeah. time. What's uh, he doing? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dan, I was curious kind of to pig, piggyback, piggyback off of that as well, because we've heard a lot now recently and you know and even months past you know lose willing to go out there and make a deal but mm. it has to be the right one he's not going to overpay we've seen elliot friedman put out there recently as well um mm. you know that saying that lou was out there looking to make deals even before the start of the season and all these different kind of scenarios when it comes to what and obviously no one knows lou lamorello yeah. except lou lamorello <laughs> um or maybe chris but i don't even think his son really knows him that well <laughs> you know just because the mind of lou lamorello i feel like is the most right. intriguing do a reality show on the level yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> but like just trying to get into his mind a little bit when you hear things like that what do you think the price tag was that was too high for him to go out and make a move not even talking about right now but i'm talking even back at the beginning of the year before this mess kind of all started that uh, you know, he, the guys that he could have potentially been looking at, what could have swung the pendulum where those deals were quote unquote, too, too hefty to, of a price to pay to try and improve the team during the off season. What do you think is, is Lou Lamorell's threshold for too, too high a price? Well, before I answer that question, just two things. One, my favorite thing about the Lou Chris Lamorello like relationship is when he references Chris, he always calls him by his full name. He always says Chris Lamorello, which I find very <laughs> funny. I guess he doesn't want to say my son, which right. I guess would be weird, mm-hmm. but he could be referring do, to Chris Botta. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that like we all know what Chris is talking about. Uh, but um, and then the second thing is like whenever Elliot Friedman brings up Lou Lamorello and the Islanders, he never says anything because they don't know anything. Like right. Fridge is great; he's a, he's a very nice man, uh, and he does the best. He's the best out there. But you know, whenever they're like, "Oh, let's look at the New York Islanders," they immediately kind of shift subjects to somebody else <laughs> where they actually know something, as opposed to the Islanders where they don't know anything. Right. Um. You know, I think it probably comes down to, again, guys like Ratu, guys like, you know, maybe Wallstrom. Um, I mean, who we, like Sean said, we, we every year we read about how bereft of talent the Islanders uh, prospect pool is. But to somebody, they're like, oh, well, we'll take that guy and we'll be happy about it. So I don't know. Um, you know, if he could have made a trade and, and traded like Robin Sallow or something like that, I think he probably would have. Because, you know, we have they have a lot of kind of players at that position. But I feel like a lot of people probably want Ratu. They probably want Wallstrom to a degree because um, these guys are young and they're cheap and they have a lot of talent. Maybe somebody wanted to know a Dobson. And he was like, yeah, no, there was um, a big thing. Some some Vancouver writer, I think, earlier this season <laughs> yeah. was like, maybe they can get Dobson no. for JT Miller. <laughs> and it was like, mm, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on that, pal, you know, so. Um, cause realistically, again, you look at this roster and these guys are, I mean, I'm looking at hockey reference right now, 31, 32, 30, 38, <laughs> 33, like none of these guys are people that people, you know, other teams want, they're all making too much money. They're all old. They're not that they're bad players. They're just, they're not the kind of players that these teams are looking for. So, um, and Barzell's not going anywhere. So there you go. And I, no, I think, you know, you touched thankfully on... he signed his contract when he did. Oh my <laughs> God. Could you imagine? Oh God. <laughs> Yeah. But um, as you said, too, I think another thing that got in lose way is just cap space. It's the biggest yeah. asset. You know, this summer, or even last year's deadline, he didn't move certain players. Like, Bavillier's value has gone down from last year. Right. And there was a like Bailey's contract. He didn't move those those players because the price tag to move those players, you had to throw in picks to get rid of salary. Because, right. again, the salary cap didn't go up because of, of COVID and stuff. And he didn't want to part ways with the picks and stuff to move certain players. And now we stuck with them. And their values have gone down. So I think that really impacted, you know, we, we heard about Nazem Kadri is that um, the Islanders were in talks with Kadri and Lamarillo said, hey, 
you know, we'll clear the cap space, we'll sign you, and it just never happened, and Kadri's not going to wait because yeah. players want money. They want their salaries. If The longer he waits, teams drop out. So I really think that, you know, the cap played a part in all of this, and now we're still seeing yeah. the effects of it. And I think then, he's also probably very reluctant to, like, give up a pick. Like yeah, you exactly. were just saying to like make a sweetener or something like that. Yeah. So, well, Dan, it's it's funny because you know we're coming off of two wins here for the New York Islanders, and we just spent the last fifteen minutes crapping all over it, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, so right. so with that in mind, I mean, when you look at where this team is, and 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 it doesn't necessarily have to be on the ice; it could be something more generally speaking. But trying to trying to reel in something a little more positive here. I mean, is there anything about this team right now? That makes you feel good about it, you know, aside from just these two wins. But, you know, we, we, we just looked at all these bullet points as to why they may not make the playoffs and why not yeah. it may not even be worth making the playoffs. Um, <laughs> is there anything positive on your end that you look at this team like, OK, I, I'm into that. I dig that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just alluded to it. Like if Matt Barzell hadn't signed that contract before the season started, this season would have been easily 10 times more unbearable than it is now. Um, we're talking on a night when uh, a certain Maple Leaf has reached his 1,000th game, and you know if you're on on Twitter right now, you're just probably yeah. rolling your eyes and you're like, "Oh my god!" You know, so like yeah. that's a huge thing. And then also, and I know this is like a very general thing, like you're saying, but the the team right now is in the the most stable place it's been in years. Like they have an arena, they have owners. Like it's it's funny how you know here we are begging owners to do something to like make a change or like you know spur their general manager to do something john ledecky was like giving lou the vote of confidence the other day and we were like oh that's unfortunate you know <laughs> meanwhile you know there have been times when you know we didn't know who the owner was where he was whether he was in prison or not like you know it's um or the owner was like you know doing and want to do crazy stuff right and, like so they're much more stable right now but you know the problem is they you know they they I don't know how to put this. Like they, they're so stable. They're, they're stuck. Like we've said, how many times have we said the word stuck in this conversation? Like they're almost so stable. They're such a family. They're so tight. They've been together for so long that they are stuck. And I think at some point it's going to take somebody to move something important to unstick it and to kind of move, get the chains moving, get the wheels moving to progress and to the next level. Cause I mean, we've seen this team make, Two, two semifinals, and that was absolutely amazing and memorable and awesome. And, you know, that was two years ago. And and so now we need to move. They need to find a new era. And, yeah. Uh, they, somebody's got to have to – something's going to have to get dislodged at some point, and it might suck, but it's going to have to happen at some point. Dan, that's that's fantastic, and I think that's a, just kind of a great outlook to have on the team that, you know, for, for a franchise that lacked just general stability at all – for such oh, for a long time everywhere from the top down <laughs> yeah. from right. ownership so like the nice thing is the biggest complaints right now is just what's happening on the ice yeah not worried exactly. about the building that they're going to move into not worried about ownership they have money they're willing to spend it they're they're right. doing the right thing by the fans that they're trying to they're trying to do the right thing sure. by the players on the ice and the roster and everything like that so i think that's a great point and i think we can wrap there dan dan uh, really appreciate you joining us man uh, a lot of fun and um hope to have you on down the road man good luck over there at lighthouse oh uh, before I let you go, actually, um, I know this something was going on over there at Lighthouse Hockey. Uh, you guys are going to land on your feet over there. It's going to keep rolling. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, SB Nation cut a bunch of their blogs, funding and support. Uh, Lighthouse survived, uh, which is great. Uh, our podcast didn't. So uh, we're going to be posting at Lighthouse Hockey for the time being as long as we can. Uh, but Mike and I are in the process of finding a new home for a new host anyway for Islanders Anxiety 
Weird Islanders and uh, eventually the second season of Islanders Award winners will be fine. The wheels are in motion. Emails have been sent. Uh, we'll f- we'll figure it out at some point. We we we've been saying we need the therapy, as I'm sure you guys feel. Like, <laughs> you know, we watch this team play week in week out. We need to vent to somebody, and Mike and I are very thankful to find each other and find an audience. So we we if we didn't have that time, I don't know what where we would be. We'd be literally walking the streets shouting at strangers you know? so we definitely aren't I mean, going if you have anywhere. a camera that might actually be entertaining yeah that sounds like possibly. a great TikTok i don't want to find out though so uh we'll we'll find a new host we'll find a new home we will continue it just might be a little bit different and uh i'm hoping to make the tr- transition as seamless as possible so are the urls going to stay the same and everything are you guys going to be changing that stuff up yeah i don't know that's the thing like for us i'm trying to find a way to move our podcast feed to a different host so that gotcha. again, there's no there's no you know anything like that again lighthouse hockey is going to be around for a while mm-hmm. we don't know how long they're one of the six blogs to survive so you can still go there and read every day uh yeah it was a weird time and uh i'm glad that not only we're, we plan on finding our, a new home for ourselves as well a new host again and as do a lot of our sb nation friends so uh you're not going to like get rid of us that easily so <laughs> for now where can people find you guys and then where can where can we find you on twitter and the like yeah, you can still uh, search Lighthouse Hockey in any podcast app uh, that you have. Uh, again, the, the blog is still there, lighthousehockey.com. And uh, yeah, w- once we find a new host, it should be an easy transition. But Lighthouse Hockey, a- Islanders Anxiety, any of those will bring up uh, our podcast and you could subscribe and, and listen. Right on, Dan. We can follow you Culture Losing, correct? Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Excellent. All right, Dan. Awesome stuff, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, definitely looking forward to next time, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care, guys. Anytime. You got Thanks, it. Thanks, Dan. Good luck. All right, folks, that was Dan Saracini of Lighthouse Hockey helping us set the mood here at Hockey Night in New York. <laughs> Man. <laughs> for, uh, for I, I think that's uh, that's the worst I've ever celebrated, two straight wins for the, <laughs> for the New York Islanders. I, I, I will say one thing that's really resonated me, especially at the end of that conversation, mm-hmm. you were talking about how stable everything is that, you know, people are like, not that the Islanders... They are stuck a little bit, and they're in kind of whatever this this kind of purgatory is. Yeah. that Stefan very a- accurately described it as. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. The expectation now is the Islanders to operate like a major league franchise. We're talking about them like you would the Rangers. The Knicks, sure, yeah. The Net, well, the Knicks are not an. I'm not <laughs> yeah, come on, man. <laughs> the Knicks and the Nets are not necessarily a, a traditional, you know, traditionally mm-hmm. run either. But you know what I mean. We're talking about them in the sense of there's an expectation of they have to do this this and mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. it used to be boy they just need an arena and they just need to get to the playoffs and we'll be and people will be happy instead right. now it's stanley cup yeah you know, a couple couple wins you know the players on the ice goal so like actual hockey related items that i think for the longest time was not the expectation of the islanders and just so to, crazy yeah and to put that even in more perspective islander fans right now are railing against firing lou lamorello which is not gonna happen but well yes well not <laughs> right now whatever the case yeah, look not it, right now look yeah. now that now that we're on that very very quickly Lou Lamarillo is not going to be fired by the Islanders no, ever. No. If and well, when, even when, if and when he departs the team, it's going to be on his own terms. I, I think, I, I, at least in the press. I disagree in the sense. Neil Best had a great column the other day in Newsday, um, where he said these guys deserve every chance to finish this out and see what they can do and make of the season. Mm. But if they do not make the playoffs, something has to change, and that starts with, to me anyway. And this is not Neil's words, but to me anyway, it starts with change at at the, at the front office, and I think that becomes. A necessary evil to do because the Lou Lamorello, the Lou Lamorello uh, plan, whatever you want to call it, the in Lou we trust, I think has run its course in the sense of he's gotten the team this far. What I there needs to be a new voice. Mean to say, yeah. 
is that the literal wording of his exit isn't going to yes. be Lou oh, Lamarillo yeah, yeah, has been sure. fired. Like in Toronto. It's going to be... They part ways. Exactly. Same thing with Barry. Exactly. Yeah, same thing with Barry, yeah. Right. That's that's all I'm saying. He will never publicly be fired. Whether, whether the owners decided that it was time for him to go right. whenever that time comes, or if Lou actually did go to them and say, hey, listen, I gave him my best shot. I'm 80 years old. I'm, I'm looking to take it easy now. And, and he decides to walk away. Right. Whatever the case may be. I'm just saying, you're not going to see a headline. No, no, no. Lou Lamarillo fired by New York Islanders. But I think I think to that point though, there has to be there has to be a massive shakeup at the end of this year if they do not get to the goals that they're prescribed. And, and unfortunately, I mean, yes, the generic goal that every team has to win a Stanley Cup. But outside of that, unlike let's say a James Dolan who went on the radio on WFAN and, mm. and all these other stations in the last week or so when he was talking about the New York Knicks, it said our the expectation is my expectation as owner is mm-hmm. for them to make the playoffs. So you know clearly that laid out what the expectation is from that ownership group. Unfortunately, or for you know, however you want to take it, John Ledecky and the Islanders ownership has been given the chance several times. And, and you know, Stefan was there, I think it was the what was the one million fan one or whatever. One million fan, yeah. And you know, J- uh, John was was peppered with questions about, you know, uh, Lou status and his future going forward because we're pretty sure, although we'll never know for sure, this, this, contra- this, contra- is, this yeah. is the final year of his of his contract. We we have no proof anywhere, but it's right. like ninety nine point nine nine nine, like like the uh, the germ stuff. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It's ninety nine point nine percent sure that this is the final year of Lamarillo's mm. contract. But when said, is there an expectation? Is there a bar? You know, we kind of get the sort of stock PR answer. You know, right above the you know our ownership suite, as it says in Lou, we trust this and that, and so. You know, we don't know what the expectation is outside of their expectation. Their goal is to win a cup every year. But other than that, what is the expectation you have going in each year as an owner for the team on this sort of realistic, like the what you actually sit down and tell your front office and your staff and everything going forward? And, um, and, and Christian touched on it, Dan touched on it. Is you said that, you know, they're too comfortable just in general. But as the group, the players on the ice too, I mean, has this group run its course? Are they too comfortable with this group? That's why, you know, they're going to make a trade, whether it be to make a playoff push or, or to sell. Mm-hmm. You're going to get rid of a key piece of the last couple of runs. Like You're going to take a key piece out of that locker room. Does that wake them up? Does that shake them up? And with what Dan said, too, you know, what is this identity of this team going forward, the future? I think with, with firing Trotz and you know, bringing in Lambert, not, the, not a cr- completely different voice, but you brought in a guy that wants more offense. He did make one trade, uh, Lamarillo, this summer, and then got Romanov, which is a, mm-hmm. a defenseman who's... Supposed to be strong in his own zone, but help with transitioning. Not the guy that stays back and just plays mm-hmm. solid defense, which, again, is showing a changing in the guard of the direction Lamarell and the Honors want to go. Mm-hmm. You have young guys coming up this year who are getting a chance to play. Again, the minutes haven't been there, but, you know, under trots, are they getting that chance? Is he going to use those young players? So we're seeing changes going forward, especially, you know, everyone says the Honors don't have a good prospect pool. Ratu's shown well. Boldick, we'll talk about a little bit, is shown well. Holmstrom's shown well. I mean, mm-hmm. you have five guys that made their NHL debut this year, and they're in a run. You know, they're trying to make the playoffs, not a, we've been out of it since October, let all the young guys play. It's just so hard for me to look at this team. I mean, look, there's still 30 games to go in this season. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. Now, I mean, it's just, it's and, and with what Dan said before, with the ups and downs, and we all said here, and yeah. it's been such a roller coaster season that they've shown that they're capable of winning and winning well. And they've also shown capability of losing and losing terribly. So it's like, <laughs> what team is going to show up for these 30 games? And it's hard for me to sit here right now and say, well, this is what the Islanders should do. 
Because there's so many what-ifs involved with what can happen the rest of the season. They can play more hockey like the last two games. They can play more hockey like the Ottawa and the Toronto games. That can happen, too. And the question is just which team is going to be that team. So it's hard for me to just sit here and be like, ah, well, you know, they should go out and get this guy or they should start selling. It's like I'm, I'm in total wait and see with this team because I see what they're capable of on, on the, the good and bad of the spectrum. And, it, and it's funny because when we spoke to Lou in Denver in mid-December, I think the Islanders' offense was around 3.3, 3.5 goals per game. And he spoke about how, you know, the offense has been great. The defense, you know, we've had to sacrifice a little bit, but it's been great. And then the, the offense has disappeared. Obviously, not having Dobson in the lineup or scoring. You know, he mm-hmm. had no goals in 10 games before he got hurt, 11 games, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Islanders had the most goals from defensemen all season. That's dried up, which, yep. has, mass, which has unmasked the issues with the offense. Yes. So this is a team that, that can score goals. It's not that they can't. People think that there's no goal scorers on the team. They were doing it. They were averaging, at one point, I think, like 3.5 goals per game this year. That was just not consistent enough, which they need help. But... um. It's funny because the team the next 30 games could, could show that offense again. Everyone gets healthy. Fashion comes back. You know, Dobson comes back. They go on a run. They score 3.5 goals per game. But then it could also dry up and they could be averaging under two, which is what they've been doing in this month. Yeah, the problem with this January was that the goals dried up because yeah. they, were, they were already... Talk about a dry January. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, because here's the thing. Like, they were... Sco- in the beginning of the season, the first couple of months, they were scoring more goals. They were giving up a little more, too, because of the new style of hockey that mm-hmm. they were playing. And the problems started started coming when they weren't scoring those goals anymore. So they they were scoring Barry Trotz amounts of goals, but they were still giving up Lane Lambert amount of goals as well. Right. You know, and that's that's what the problem was. And, and just, like, I've never seen a team give up as many breakaway goals as in that game against Toronto. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Three three breakaway goals against and a penalty shot that was unsuccessful thanks to the save, but, I mean, unbelievable. It's just, like, it's crazy how, um, how you know, porous this defense can look on a bad night, and it's and it's been a big problem for this team, and it's like you see them tighten it up against Detroit. You see them tighten up a little bit against Vegas. It's maybe we see more of that now, and we're going to see more 2-1, to 3-2 to games, and maybe they can, you know, play more of a hybrid Lambert-Trotz hockey where they're, they're, they're kind of, you know, playing these lower-scoring games and, and, and tightening up the defense. What's crazy about that Toronto game is they got Palmieri and Pellet back, and they played probably as close to a perfect first period, just structurally. Right. As we had, and then I turned it on and <laughs> went down. We had ever seen. And I think everyone, I found the problem. Yeah. Hello. You know, and everyone, everyone in the press box is going, okay, can they continue it? That's been the biggest thing. Yeah. Carrying momentum has been probably top two, three issues behind the power play this whole year. And of course, and they, they fall apart. I mean, the amount of break was like you said, you know, Lou said the other day, he had never seen that before. The amount of breakaways. And this is guys like, you know, again, Pelic first came back, but... Him getting caught up the ice, Pulak getting caught up, Romanov just bang, 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 and that's the game right there. So it was very interesting to see because they started, that first period was so good structurally, which we yeah. hadn't seen in a very long time. It's probably their best first period, maybe this season, definitely over the last couple of months uh, prior. So that was, that was interesting. And again, I guess you could say they got him better. The Ottawa game, I mean, defensively, mm-hmm. they were pretty good. Right. Um, they didn't, the goals didn't come. Yeah, and it didn't have that much of a push, which was weirdly, you know, you feel like they would have really shown a push. Mm-hmm. Again, not knocking their effort. I think they're all trying. But right. uh, Elliot Freeman and Merrick on their show later this week made a great point. They said, you know, because the Islanders are struggling so much to score goals, when mm-hmm. they do get that goal, they seem like they're trying so hard to score one mm-hmm. or two that by the time they score that, they're gassed. They're tired. Yeah. It's an older group. And there, there's a little bit to that. You know, other teams have those two or three snipers that come down the wing and just shoot and score instant offense. The owners have to grind net front presence, get those rebound goals. And that, that takes a lot out of you. 
Yeah, the, the biggest mystery mystery to me is just how this team isn't capable of maintaining consistent, yeah. strong hockey. And it's mean, only coming in spurts. But that's but that's been their mo forever. I mean, even even under the in fairness, even under Barry Trotz, it was the same. You had that inconsistent. You were consistently inconsistent, and it just continued. But well, what's interesting? What's interesting? Yes, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, but but also, what's funny with the with the Barry Trotz teams, and I'm I'm kind of leaving out last year because we know that that was a right, disaster. Right, right, right. I'm talking about when they were winning. Yeah. Was when they won, they won. Mm-hmm. When they lost. They lost, but it was always kind of like one switch or the other. Yeah. Where this team, it's been just up and down every every so so often. You know what I mean? When yeah, they got oh, a absolutely. lead, they won. Right. You know, if they got a lead to the third period, yes. unlike years past, you just went, that's it, game right. over, that's the game. Right. And, and we haven't seen that at all this year, especially over the last couple of months, because they get the leads, they go to the third, and then they immediately blow it. And, that, and then there's they scored four third period goals in the month of January. Three came in one game Crazy. against Vancouver. They went, I think, 10 or 15. And what was it, an 11-game streak they went? Yeah, 11 games without scoring a third, scoring a th- and th- they were the best third period team Insane. in the sport. Right. That's yeah. crazy. It's wild. Well, f- gentlemen, great conversation we have going on here, but I want to get one more break in. So, yeah. folks, want to thank you all for tuning in to Hockey Night New York here at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY and, of course, your favorite podcast providers. We will be right back. Miss the days of mixtapes and arcades? Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice-cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together. Lost Farmer Brewing Company. At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. Beer not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or a sip of Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu. You can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And for all of Long Island's hockey fans, Lost Farmer created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the newly built UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Whether you're at the stable for a hockey game, concert, or a comedy show, you can find Stable Shaker by can and draft around the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewery, the future of Long Island craft beer. Hey there, welcome back. We missed you too. Now kick up your feet and settle <laughs> back in to Hockey Night in New York. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Hockey Night in New York here at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY and your favorite podcast providers. It is now time for What's on Tap. And for the New York Islanders, not a whole lot. They have a long eight-day break here, and that includes All-Star Weekend, which happens in Florida this year. Thursday night is the skills competition. Friday night is the game. Is that correct, Sounds gentlemen? Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're not even sure. I'll take Because we don't care. Because sure. yeah. <laughs> we don't games. care. Sure. Yeah, so boys, uh, a couple weeks ago we talked about the All Star Game a little bit. We can we can we can touch on it just a bit. You have Brock Nelson going. You have Ilya Sorokin going. Would have been criminal if he wasn't. He's he's just been outstanding this year. Uh, boys, what do you have to say about it? I mean, just watching Sorokin every day. It is there's goalies in this league, and there's above average goalies, and then you have Sorokin and a couple other ones where they're just they're light years ahead of everyone else, just talent wise. And and Sorokin comes over and he's been great in the room. First off, his he dropped the words high danger chance the other day during an interview. This this guy last year could barely say a couple of words and now he's dropping yeah. advanced analytics. I he's don't know learning. how I don't know how it's it's crazy <laughs> and his quotes are 
are top notch. He's but, a funny uh, dude. His mindset, though, again, goaltending mindset is is critical. He legitimately everything he says is next game, not thinking about the pet. Everything is the game at hand. Didn't want to talk about the All Star game when he found out. Just focus and frustration too. I mean, when you have a goalie who's playing out of his mind and has Poor the guy. wins loss record, is just <laughs> it's that's criminal. How you know? Yeah. And again, it's a team game. But he said. Uh, you know, he goes, no frustration at all. I think I think I just made up my mind. I want them to make the playoffs for Ilya Sorokin. <laughs> like, just, just, just so it made it worth it for this guy. Because he's having such a stellar, well, he's made the stellar year. Playoffs this first season. First, first season. Yeah, yeah but first I mean, he's, he's been an absolute animal yeah. this year. And he's deserved so much better than what he's getting. I will say, I there are only there's only one other time I ever see Stefan's eyes twinkle like he does when he talks about <laughs> goaltenders, and that's when he looks at his girlfriend. Oh, but I mean, like shout out Alyssa, appreciate it. His his love of talking about goaltending and goaltenders just matches oh. nothing I've ever seen. That's his trade. He's a goalie himself. There's yeah, no, passion. just I mean I've watched them forever. It, it's just, I know, but it's just really special watching. No, you're, no, you're right. There is a there is a twinkle, twinkle in his yeah. eye. Yeah, I, actually, to be honest, to be fair, I don't even think he looks at Alyssa the same way. <laughs> Damn, when he's she's watching this. I know. Damn. That's what I'm saying. Brutal. Yeek. Good uh, luck. Anyway, Good back, luck after the show. Yeah, back, back to the goaltending for a second. Oh, um, yeah, of course you want to talk about. He's not going to. Sorokin's not going to win it. But if the Islanders didn't make the playoffs, his name. I hate you guys. His name would have to would have to be in the heart conversation. Just because of what he's like. Again, he won't win it. He won't win it. And goalies usually don't win it. Um, right. But at the same time, you take Sorokin away from this team. They're in the Bedard race, and they might be winning it. Yeah, I think that's a good argument, whether or not the league is going to well, look at it that I mean, way Darlow or whoever votes still on there. it. No, he's been, he's been great, but he hasn't played. You know, Sorokin's carried no, the workload. Varlamov missed a I, lot I of time. Know, I know you don't watch hockey anymore, <laughs> but but he's. I mean, if Sorokin wasn't there, this team would be in the Bedard race. Yeah. There's no question. He's bailed them out night after and night. Again, Varlamov's been fantastic, yeah. but, but Sorokin's I mean, Var- the guy. It's not to say that Varlamov has. I see. I disagree with that because I don't think the le- not that I don't think the level would drop off significantly between Varlamov and and Sorokin, but I don't Fair think point. it would drop off that significantly where you're going from middle of the pack team to holy crap they're in the NHL basement. I don't think that's a fair assess- I don't necessarily agree with that assessment I should say. Maybe like 24th. <laughs> 23rd <laughs> yeah. or 24th in the league. Yeah. No, but Varlamov's I mean the bounce back that he's had no one's really speaking of either. I mean yeah. he had a, a tough tough year last year and now he's he's been he's been great. So. How much did Ilya's sage and give you to say that? To say uh, that stuff. No comment. A lot of <laughs> no, no comment. All right, so fella, are you guys going to watch the All Star Weekend? You guys, no. you guys care? He, I'll I know watch you don't. It. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I didn't think, watch the Islanders. I think, I think All Star <laughs> Weekends in general are just the worst. Yeah. NBA, NFL, yeah. NHL. I don't NBA. get All Star games that happen halfway through a year because you are an All Star for half the season. Like that means you were good for half the year. These players that are in the All Star game can be terrible the rest of the year, but they were All Stars. I don't like. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, but I, I don't think. Uh, I could be wrong, but I can't remember a significant drop off from a guy who has been in All Star game to his second half of the season where he just went to he dropped to the point where like wow this dude got into the All Star game what was he juicing or something like I don't <laughs> no, I don't remember to really right. anyone that that drop off being that sure, significant I'm sure. sure there's been some second it's half all a show yeah. it is yeah, what it is people. like I mean South I'm actually kind of fun spot to do an All Star I'm kind of glad that the skills competition is on a Thursday because like you know it's still during the week you yeah. know maybe you're not going out or hanging out or whatever you just have a little sleepy Thursday throw throw the All Star skills competition <laughs> on you know I, what I mean I think the and then skill, I don't care about Friday the skills com- <laughs> competition is much more entertaining than the All Star game. Yeah. Like every year, it's all the skills competition is like the most entertaining part. The All Star Game, you're like, my God, why am I watching this? The I feel bad for thing, goalies too in All Star Games. I <laughs> will say 
is I love the jerseys this year. Yes, they're yeah, they love the jerseys. I think it's the yes. first time in a long time that they have done a good job with. And them. and it's the Islander fans are taking notice. I I went to the game uh, last night and walked into the pro shop just to ask about them, see if that they had them, and they already sold out completely of Brock Nelson All Star jerseys. Wow. And I good said, are him. you? Are you? I was like, are you guys going to restock? They were like, no, that's that's all we're getting, and they're done. Wow. Um, they only had some Sorokins left. Funny enough, right? You would think that those would have sold yeah. more. Maybe they had more of those in stock than the Nelsons. Probably. That I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like their shipment would have been the same. Like they, I have no idea crazy. how that works. But yeah, if you go to the pro shop at the at UBS Arena, they are fresh out and won't be getting any more. You mean the Brock Isles Nelson. Lab? What did I say? You said pro shop. Pro shops it's at Northwell. Yeah, in pro shop. No, it's I'm just glad thing. I didn't say like the Knicks Lab. <laughs> The Knicks, that would have been weird. <laughs> but well, if you said the Rangers lab, you would have been kicked out of the building, I'm pretty sure. But for right. Nelson, though, I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, this, he was so deserving out of all the Islanders that could have could have gotten against Sorokin. Even with the, what, 14-game goal yeah. drought that he went on or whatever it yeah, was? Yeah, but just for what he did last year, too, sure. to knock, you know, knock... I'm glad he's going. Yeah, it's a, a it's a perfect, perfect pick. And again, he's never been before. You know, Barzal had been. Sorokin, mm-hmm. you knew, if he didn't get this year, which you knew he right. would, he'd right. eventually get it again. Yeah. And Nelson, right. again, you never know... You know, he's past right. 30. This could be the next couple of years, and right. then he might fall off. So really good for him and his family to get yeah. this chance. Is, Absolutely. Is it akin to the, jo- the year Josh Bailey was an NHL All-Star? <laughs> I mean, because that was... Or Mark Parrish. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, that was a long, long time yeah. ago. Um, yeah. But the Josh Bailey year, go, go, him going to the All-Star game, I think was a really special moment. But yeah. Brock Nelson, certainly, too. I mean, the years he, he's had, the, and Sean and I have talked about it extensively, yeah. from where he's come from to where he is now. Oh, yeah. team, you got to credit Trotz, too. I mean, until yeah. Trotz got here, Nelson was a, a very streaking. That again, was he his was, coming out he party, was the for Anthony sure. Movilia, you know, exactly. Of, now he was yeah. that back then guy yeah. that started off hot or hit those really streaky moments. You're if like, only, wow, he could do something. If only Lame La- Lane Lambert could do <laughs> oh, for Anthony wow. Bavillier what Barry Trotz did for Brock Nelson. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Oh, that's I'm curious. Shame. You brought up Lane Lambert. <laughs> I want to make sure I don't mispronounce it like you. Lambert. <laughs> I tweeted that an accident. La- Lane or Lane? <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, and I was like, uh, Stefan. That's a. I mean, and an Emmer, you know. They're right next to yeah, each other on the right keyboard. There. Cut the guy some slack. Yeah, you know? it wasn't it wasn't enough. They both sound I, I very like close to each other. Lane's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, when he answers a question with more than five words, he's a great guy. Um, Lane Lambert, his position a shade there. His, well, I mean, his position coming into the situation right now. I, I said at the beginning of the year. I'm curious to get your thoughts now because you follow this team. Both of you follow this team a lot heavily, more heavily than I have. But clearly, after they hired him. Mm-hmm. One of my main concerns was after the Blue Lamerald didn't add much to the roster in the offseason, wow, this guy's going to get handed a flaming baton, and then halfway through, it's going to be a stain on his record because then this is a new NHL coach, and people are always quick to blame the coach, and you know, so on and so forth. How do you view this, this season from the perspective of where Lane Lambert and his ability to coach? Because he is, by all, by all accounts, he was the hot new coach coming into this league this year. He was the guy that everybody wanted um, and then if the Islanders didn't hire him or so he was gone, he yeah. was mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do you, how do you, how do you paint this picture of what the season has been as far as how this reflects on Lane Lambert? I think he deserves criticism. Everybody does from mm-hmm. GM coach players. Um, but again, I don't think he deserves a lot because again, he's has the cards he has and he can't get a new deck. Like that's up to Lou to get in. Lou said the other day, Lou took a little bit of heat off of Lane in the coach deck. Yeah, he said, you know, big time. it's 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 not their fault. This is completely on me, and that was good on Lou, but at the end of the day, it is it is on him. It's his job. Lane can't go and make trades. And I think the biggest thing with signing him is that the Islanders and Lane, they he knows the group. Mm-hmm. And if Lou truly believed, hey, last year was a one-off, I trust this group to go back and be back to what they were, 
Lane knows this group the best. Can he get more offense out of it? They both agreed that they could. And, and I think Lane, again, it, it does help knowing the group. You bring in a new coach, doesn't know the players' tendencies. They doesn't know how they are in the room. I mean, Lane was there since 2018. Right. He believed that this group could get it done, which I think is a big part of why he took the job. He could have gone to Detroit probably. Him and Iserman go way back. They were roommates in their first couple of years in the NHL. So I think Lane deserved the, the one knock I would say would be the power play. Mm-hmm. Johnny Matt, John McLean. But I feel like we've, in, we've been, the power play has no, been a mess of for course. Well, it's, years. it's like an even bigger mess now. Um, playing time, uh, obviously. Unbelievably. Playing time with, with the young players, yeah. which I know what Lane's doing with the same thing Trotz did. Is you, you play on the fourth line, you play north-south game, and then you work your way up. Mm-hmm. Holmstrom getting third line minutes, Bailey dropping down. You know, all of that, the game plan with the lines is, is Lane, and he's changed a lot up with Barzal. And again, players haven't helped him with that. Uh, he deserves, you know, critiquing, but at the end of the day, I don't I don't think this is a stain on him because yeah. this group is flawed to begin with, and he jumped on ship, and that's how it's been. No, for sure, and I think I think one of my concerns, too, is because that's such a, a... Two things. I want to say, I want to circle back to one thing. Yeah. I wasn't throwing shade at Lane, but Stephen, <laughs> as Stefan can attest to, I, yeah, hey, right. Lane's a phenomenal coach. He's someone I would have argued should have had an NHL job oh, before yeah. this year. Yeah, agreed. Um, but as Stefan knows, when it comes to answering media questions, giving insight of the professional head coaches in this in this town, Lane Lambert... He's the opposite. He's the opposite of Barry Trotz, Trotz. Exactly. I remember. We I love to, Trotz we, pressers, man. We wouldn't, you know. Sometimes I actually really enjoy Lane Lambert, not as like a as a casual observer, because like I'll hear Stefan ask a question and he'll just go, "Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right." <laughs> and then that'll be like, "All right, that was the, that was the answer." All right. <laughs> so with, with how much Barry would answer questions, like sometimes a couple of minutes for each question, we mm. wouldn't all be able to ask questions. Right. Now with Lane, like everybody gets a question. I it's like Oprah, yeah, you get a yeah. question, you get a question, <laughs> you get a question. Point, yeah. Like I could you could literally ask probably everything you want to ask. You might not get the answer you want or any answer at all, but you do get to ask the question. I find that cool. that aspect entertaining. But what I was going to say too is the NHL is such a such a interesting group when it comes to how they hire people, yeah. who they hire, and as we all know, hockey is a sport, especially the National Hockey League is a, is a league that is very insular, right? Like they hire, you know, as soon as the coaching job opened up, the same five names yep. always pop up and there's, it's, you can always, you could, you could throw a dart. Yeah, you've hated this for a long time. You've brought this up more than once. But I, but yeah. Lane Lambert was a new name. Right. And like a guy right. that deserves, like, this is why I don't want this to be like the mark go. This is why we don't hire newer coaches. Mm, so you're pulling for Lane Lambert. I, 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 if I mean, the, why wouldn't you? But yeah. I mean, why wouldn't I? But also, right. I think he's such a talented coach, and the NHL mm-hmm. needs to expand its pool of people they go to. That I just don't want instead look of at. bringing Rick Tockett back, right for the ten million time, <laughs> which again, Claude Julien for makes, the twentieth time. Right. Yeah, yeah, like Babcock still available. You have the whole oh. thing with mm-hmm. Quentinville, which we don't obviously. John Tortorella. I mean, like, all these guys. The, yeah. It's the it's the same the five same names old people, right? <laughs> oh, no, no, it's not even that. It's just <laughs> the same five names that always pop up. Yeah. Who happen to be old? Well, we we got to head into the hero, but the one thing I'll just add on that coaching question is. I don't know what percentage of this you put on Lane Lambert, but he has to factor in at least some, at somewhat with this with the the efforts that they've been given. Me harping on this whole sixty minute effort effort thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know how much you put on the players, how much you put on the coach to to rally the team. You know, and the and the leadership of the team. You know, for eighty two games. You know, maybe guys like Anders Lee and Cal Clutterbuck and Brock Nelson come into question too. I, you know, like maybe you look at those guys as well. Yeah. But you know, one thing I am concerned about under Lane Lambert is just how inconsistent that they've been. And they haven't been able to put these 60-minute efforts together. And it just seems like when they look like barnstormers in one period, they look absolutely terrible in another. And and that's just something that needs to be shaped up for any team to be considered a contender 
for the Stanley <laughs> yeah. Cup. So that's that's my two cents there. But we do have to get to the hero because we're running up against the clock. So, Ed, there we have it, folks. When you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the Poke Check featuring roast beef, turkey, ham, Swiss and American lettuce and tomato and mayo on a hero. So, folks, it's time for the hero, Christian Arnold. Who's your hero of the week? My hero of the week is... Do you remember? No, I want to say... <laughs> I want to say it's the planned casino at Nassau Coliseum. No, I'm pretty that, sure that's that wasn't it. Right. And that wasn't no. this week, so... No. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, you I want just, to take one more I assume guess? it's like the hero of like the last six months for me since Dude, I haven't we, been we, here. We, we, All right. We, we, uh, it was a layup. We, we put it up there Kyrie for Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I like Kyle Palmieri. There we go. There we go. I couldn't read my handwriting. Getting so good at this. Um, It's my handwriting. He missed 17 games, 27 of 28. (laughs) Since returning, he has five primary assists, (laughs) points in each game. He's been the missing winger for Lee and Nelson. Christian is stupid. (laughs) I would have. If you wrote that, I probably would have read it. He's played 42-40 with those guys, and and that line is outscored. Uh, has been scoring at a four to one pace. Christian, like of that. those five assists, which do you think was the most <laughs> critical? What? Which Boy. was the most important? Honestly, when I look at the the play of that line and how, especially with the lack of scoring the Islanders had, it's hard to pinpoint one because all of them are such a critical assist when the Islanders aren't scoring a ton of goals, and so that becomes such an important aspect of of how this team plays going forward. You want to see that line continue to do well, and you want to see. Con- <laughs> You kind of want to see them continue where you see six of the last seven goals from that line, but you also want to see the scoring spread out a little bit more. Uh, but Nelson having two, Lee having four. It's a, it's a big hand to Palmieri. Christian, well put. Well answered. <laughs> does that, there you does have that it. trump my uh, Sabado? Oh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's in the running. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, what? Yeah. He, he gave Saturday, the day of Saturday the hero of the week a couple of weeks ago. Because that's when that the Islanders went out uh, Western Canada and just yeah, fell they, apart. Yeah, oh, they, were, they yeah. were very bad. That's nice. But That's great creative. job. I like thank that. You, thank you. I, will, I have to say, Kyle Palmieri has definitely been it's a difference been. maker since he's come back. I, mean, so, uh, that's yeah, good I wouldn't say. have picked him if I didn't I have any reason. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Let me tell you. So, uh, Stefan and I have a have a combo pick for the Hero of the Week. And uh, it pains me to say it, but that is yourself, Christian Arnold. What? Yeah, yeah Christian wow. Arnold, Hero of the Week. Yeah, that's, man. You finally made it back into the studio. That's I'm not sure if that's fun, really nice laughs. gesture or really indicative of where the Islander season has gone the last. Uh, well, you have as many games. goals we, as we could. We could have went yeah. with Semyon Varlamov. That you know he had a good game. A couple of guys. They he had did. some wins this week, but right. but you know to to you know. We, we chose you. Thank you. That's we chose Christian Arnold. We're trying to get everything yeah, out of the way so that way we never have to talk to you again. I hope yeah. so. I'd never <laughs> want to see either of you <laughs> again. Just, so, I mean, that's, yes, and that's why, why you're the here. hero because we know this is the last yes. time. I should have made you guys my hero. <laughs> well, Thank Sean. You're, you're selfish. Also, you're my co-hero. Selfish. I was handed this card and said, Kyle Palmieri is your pick for Hero of the Week. Get off my back. That's true. That's all true. So, folks, stop on in <laughs> to the Blue Line Deli and Bagels flagship location located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Mention Hockey Night in New York and get half off the poke check. And now, let us go to Questions Brewing. Ed J, how we doing over there? It's time We're for busy. Questions Brewing. We're busy back here. to you by Lost right. Farmer Brewing. All right, so we'll run the show up until 11 o'clock. All right. <laughs> so, it's time for Questions Brewing. Ed Let's let's see what we got going on in the chat, buddy. A uh, pe- couple of people have been talking about this in the chat. Apparently, rumors of Steve Cohen 
Also, Neil Smith looking to buy the Islanders from Malkin and Ledecky. What? Any, I can answer any, this. Any 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 insight on this? A lot of people well, talking about. It. Stop that. First off, Steve and Alex Cohen, his wife, were at one of the games this week. They were Saw at the that. Friday game, right? Apparently, yeah. Neil Smith was. So Neil Smith, wearing the fish. Stephen wrote about. This. I wrote about this because Neil okay. Smith. Someone reached out to me and said, "Hey, Neil Smith's out of sweets, taking yeah. notes. He's by himself." Neil Smith has worked for UBS, the bank, for a while. Huh. And when they got the naming rights for UBS Arena, he became the um, liaison for the rink. Huh. So now he's doing stuff with, you know, how, how are the suites at games, the fan experience. That's why he's there at a lot of games because he huh. works for the bank and now he's the liaison to UBS Arena. Sure, he I had no idea. But nice is he going to buy the team or not? No. Uh, no. <laughs> Weird. Why would a GM, why would, why would a former GM well, be he, the owner? It know? could be like, well, I would say it could be like, uh, you know, one guy's the percentage Like the Ryan Reynolds like, we, thing that they're trying to do up in Ottawa. Steve Can Cohen we, buying the Islanders would make sense because he's an Islander fan, I'm pretty sure. So, But, it, but, but how's it, that going to work when the NHL has a salary cap? He can't do what he's doing with them. Right. But it also wouldn't make sense because, I mean, outside of why would Malkin and Ledecky want to no, no, first they just bought a brand new arena. They're not selling. Right, right. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's funny where is too because coming from the Inquirer, where, where are these rumors? I think coming from? I think just because Steve Cohen was at the Islander yeah. game on and on Neil Friday. Smith, and now he's buying the team. And Neil Smith was at the Islander game, but again, is not there a buying. credible source anywhere? Uh, no, uh, not that I Twitter, seen. Twitter, Twitter people. That's crazy though. I prefaced Twitter rumors. As a source, yeah. Christ. Yeah, that's, rumors. That's, there was also rumors that I'm going to buy the Islanders. I can't confirm. There were none in the chat actually tonight. On social media, you wouldn't know. Somehow you weren't buying the Isles tonight. Well, that was fun. Yeah, next one. <laughs> There's a lot of teams I could see Steve Cohen uh, trying to buy. Islanders are not one of them. Yeah, not in a cap world. Uh, Lambert came out swinging with this question. I feel uh, if your team had a center in his prime, <laughs> who was reluctant reluctant to shoot, couldn't win a faceoff to save his life, wow. and who didn't gel with any of your mm. wingers, mm. would you look to move him? Are they talking? Who not after hypothetically signing into an eight year extension. Loaded <laughs> question. Damn. Um, are we are we faulting <laughs> that gentleman for for not uh, having chemistry with his line mates, or is he just not being suited with the proper line mates? I would say that. So I don't have question. the stats on, but I did look up look it up yesterday. Since Wallstrom has gone down with his injury, I'm pretty sure Barzal has played on with ten different line combinations. It's not fair. The longest combo has been this week with Bavillian Sizikis, which hadn't scored until Bavillier passed it to Barzal yesterday for the for the OT winner. Mm. Uh, yes, Barzal needs to shoot more. We all know that. But I think people don't understand. Look at his he, goal in overtime. Yes. But he, he shoot shoots more than people Shoot the fuck. He does. If you, if you look at the <laughs> stats, he, he shoots. It's just in situations like that, he's more likely to pass. He's a playmaker. And I think when mm -hmm. things weren't working for Barzal, you know, he got hurt. He missed that one game. He had scored six goals, six right, games yeah, in a row yeah, with yeah. a goal. Comes back, doesn't score in 10 straight snaps that yesterday. Yeah. Is that when, think, when players are struggling, they're, they're maybe thinking too much. Like he's reverting to... I got to pass, got to pass. I'm not scoring. Let me set people mm -hmm. up. And I think that's what you saw. Mm -hmm. Barzal got even more pass happier, peeling off and trying to find the point job. You know, that's what he's been mm -hmm. doing most of his career. But it does go back to, he doesn't have wingers. You know, Sezikis is a fourth line center on other teams. Could he play higher in the lineup? Sure. Mm -hmm. But he's not, a, he's not a winger. And Barzal's struggling in the face of that. that that's on him. And you could that's even make it. a case for Sezikis being a winger on Barzal's line to be that grinded out guy, battle on the boards guy, if they had a sniper on the other side, yeah. which they don't. And Bavillier's gotten the chance. And unfortunately, you know, we, it's so funny. We had spoken to Lane and it was asked, you know, you haven't, you've tried everyone, but Bo, why have you not done that? And Lane said, I like him with Nelson. The, the next, next game, game. The next game. <laughs> right. And this was a huge chance for Bo. And yeah. yes, he yeah. did sign up for the OT winner, but. Mm -hmm. 
Bar, even yesterday, Barzal set him up for a 2-0 backdoor goal. Thompson made a great save. I don't know if a goal-scoring sniper scores that, but it's chance after chance. You know, look at that Buffalo game. With six seconds left, Bo gets on a breakaway th- and can't score. He's running out of time to prove himself th- to the organization. I think the problem with Anthony Bavillier is this, he's just in his head way too much. It's he's all, in his own head mental. way too much. Yeah. It's yeah. turning into, you know, I don't I don't want to take a knock. Michael Grabner had a great career for what he did, but Bar, uh, Bavillier is turning into Michael Grabner where he's got the speed, mm-hmm. he's got the skill. Just the finishing ability is I gone. A, I made an Andy Hilbert comparison Andy <laughs> a couple Hilbert. weeks wow. ago. Speaking of another name you haven't heard of. <laughs> right. Number 11. Ever. Number 11, Andy Hilbert, yeah. All right, uh, Eddie, what do you got next? Uh, Stefan kind of touched on this question earlier. Um, when we were talking about Dobson and a, a uh, goal-scoring drought, um, Trotty19 asked, the Islanders were at the top of the league in scoring in October and November. What specifically happened to make them fall off the cliff since then? It's it's defense. It's uh well goals from the back end. That's been the biggest issue. Again, you look back, nobody was having a ridiculous scoring pace besides Nelson when he got hot. And then when Dobson stopped scoring, yeah, yeah, Mayfield score. You know, other guys. Romanov gets his first as an Islander, but he was the catalyst from the back end. He was your offensive defenseman. So the offense was the forwards weren't scoring. Dobson wasn't scoring, and now you had okay, someone's got to step up. You didn't see it. That's been the biggest thing. You know, they talk about the next man up mentality, and we saw this week. It's one line scoring. That's it. Dobson's hurt. When Pellick was out, as much as he doesn't score goals, he does a lot in transition. He gets the puck up. You know, nobody was doing that. The defense mm-hmm. was struggling. Everything goes back to the transition game. Dobson was a great transitioner. gets the puck up, and, you know, when you're not shooting from the back end and don't have that guy in the lineup, you need players to step up, and they don't have enough def- offensive defensive pieces back there to get bucks on net. You had the power play, too, you know, Pulak got his chance in the power play. He wasn't scoring or hitting the net as much. Right. You know, again, no Dobson. You have, you have Bolduc <laughs> in the lineup getting power play time. Maybe he's passing up shooting opportunities. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Dobson's a main part of it. But, again, he can't be your only person. This is, hockey, you have you need four or five, six guys step up on a nightly basis, not just one. Absolutely. Ed, next one. Yes. Uh, if uh, this next comment comes from T- Tom, Tom Boyle. T. Boyle. Uh, if the Isles make the playoffs, do you see them doing any damage with their elite goaltending? Well, you want to take that one, Christian? Yeah, sure. I think I think it's such an intriguing question because the Islanders have managed to, as Dan almost alluded to earlier when he yeah. was on with us, mm-hmm. he's kind of ruined the situation for everybody because <laughs> the Islanders have consistently, even under the Barry Trotter, they've played really well to start the season. They've had that traditional dip in the second half and they've limped into the playoffs usually mm-hmm. under all, all the years that Barry Trotter was behind the bench. And so and then in the playoffs, they do these crazy things, right? right. They go to the con- you know conference final um, two crazy. years in a row. They <laughs> win a first round series, which they weren't expected to do. Um, so my inclination, my gut, with this team is to say, no, they don't make a lot mm-hmm. of noise. I could see them getting bounced in the first round. But at the same time, it's hard to fully say that because the right. Islanders have done this time in and time out where they get to the postseason and then they're able to win those tight 2-1 games, 3-2 games that they haven't been able to win so far uh, during the regular season because it is, it's an 82-game grind and the Islanders have always been built for the postseason. That being said, I think the interesting factor in all of this is what does Lane Lambert's little changes do for the Islanders still being that playoff-built team once they actually get to the postseason? Do they still have that DNA in them where they can do that? Or are these little tweaks and changes, does that change the mindset just enough where a first-round series that goes five, six games, that's going to be their undoing? 
That is the second reason why I want the Islanders to make the playoffs now. Because I, I am intrigued by what Lane Lambert yeah. will do with this team. And if we do see a hybrid of, of his game match with what he knows from a Barry Trot system, where maybe they do go more into that defensive style right. because that's what you got to bring in the playoffs. And when you have a guy like Ilya Sorokin back there, anything can happen. Right. But the, the flip side is the Islanders need scores. They need to get those one, two they goals. They do need to score their own and, goals. And the problem is, they just <laughs> you're, at least in January, we haven't seen that. And if those problems Absolutely. persist, What's to say that they're going to be able to make it out of a, a first-round series, let alone go back to the conference final? And the tweaks you talk about, the regular season and the playoffs are two different sports. Oh, for sure. So, again, you're making tweaks to help them get to the playoffs, and that's playing a more offensive game, running mm-hmm. gun, which is how yeah. you, teams usually win in the regular right. season. Now, they're back, their defense hasn't shown that they could just snap into the trots right. type of play mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So you think, okay... Can they make that difference? They've done it before, but again, not with the tweaks that they have. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens if they do make it. But again, without a score, they can make it to the conference finals. You need that one player that's going to step up and score that big goal in a big moment. That stopped them from making the right. cup final right. every time. So I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but to answer T-Boyle's question, I guess, yeah. no, we don't collectively think they could the goaltending could do a lot to keep I them think, in. But I th- well, the I key feel word like beat around the bush. The, so the key word being could. Yeah, they, sure, could. they could. They could make some noise yeah. in the playoffs because everybody always talks about that. When you get to the playoffs, all you need is a hot goalie. You right. ride the yeah. hot goalie. And Elias Sorokin's capable of doing that. Can the Islanders win some 2 1 3 2 games to get through some tough series against some really tough teams? Sure, it's possible. And and who knows? Like, I don't know. They, they might have to. They might, they really have to like rattle off like an eight to ten game point streak just to like establish themselves in the playoffs right. and give us any kind of encouragement to say all right Lou add that score and let's right. see what you guys can and do in the playoffs but if they just meander through the rest of the season they get in by a point the skin of their teeth you know is it like is it worth even giving up the assets that's why I pitched pitched that question to Dan earlier because they're in just such a a strange place where they haven't really defined themselves right. enough this season to say they suck tank get bedard or they're great they're gonna be all right go for it it's just it's it's hard to it's hard to pin that down let's let's take another well and the power play is the biggest thing in the playoffs when you can't generate five on five and you get those power play chances you got to find a way to come through and if the islanders power play is the same way like that i mean you can't rely that power play is a momentum killer and playoffs are all about carrying momentum yeah the power play has been brutal ed what do you have uh trotty again asks uh are wallstrom and clutterbuck done for the season Okay, so Cal Cutterbuck, they're both out indefinitely. And if you look back, most of the out indefinitely's under Lou have been season ending. Now, mm. we know that Clutterbuck's injury is not shoulder related. Lean told us that, which is, which is good or bad, you could say, because that's a new brand new injury. We think it's his hands, mm. his fingers, which when he got that skate cut, he lost nerve da- He had nerve damage. Uh, he still hasn't had back. Mm. For Wallstrom's, um, I asked probably a week ago, I asked Lane, is he skating? And I was told, don't ask again. Ask, you know. You shut your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> shut your mouth, Stefan. No, but I said, you know, don't don't ask again. He's not skating. You look back at the replay. I was trying to figure out, you know, they said it was lower body. What could have happened? Because you saw his head at the boards. Maybe he's holding his shoulder. His right knee goes the complete opposite direction when he falls over on the hit. So, you're again, nothing was announced. You got to think it's torn. I mean, something with his ACL probably, torn ACL, which six months, seven months, eight month recovery. The fact that we're not even allowed to really ask anymore. Mm-hmm. I would be confident in saying he's done for the year, but again, until okay. we find out. But I don't think we'll. I think we're likely to see Clutterbuck back way before Wallstrom. But I could see if Clutterbuck's injury is pretty severe too. If he needs surgery on something again, mm-hmm. his you worry about his career after hockey, his life after hockey because sure. he's been so banged up. Yeah, lots of bumps and bruises. Ed, if you have one more, we'll take one more. Uh, well, I have a couple of comments, Bruin. 
And, okay. Uh, they're all okay. for Christian, and I will open end thoughts with, an, with the last. Yeah, open thoughts brewing. Uh, <laughs> oh, they're all for me. You give. They're all for you. Everyone. They're all for you, and we're gonna Love end it. with the question. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Just for Christian oh, Arnold. Uh, we're starting off with uh, Coach Lane Bird here. Oh, nice. Christian contributed an awful lot to this show over the years, both on and off the rails. Thank you for the laugh. Yes, very nice. <laughs> Best of luck. Gonna miss the off the rails. Gonna miss the off the rails. Thank you. And uh, Tom, Tom you, said it was great meeting Christian at Blue Line and RJ's. All the best to you. Thank you. And Trottier asks a beautiful question for the end of the night. Oh, boy. What will Christian miss most about Hockey Night in New York? Wow. Um, what will wow. I miss most about Hockey Night in New York? You can, get, you can give your bullshit answer, then you can give your real one. <laughs> no, I was going to give you my real one. Mine was going to be the free swag. Now I have to go out and buy clothes again. I, I can't just that's mooch probably off the our, That's probably I true. I can't just mooch off our wonderful sponsors to continue to clothe me for the rest of my life, which was fantastic. <laughs> I wear the sweatshirt all the time. My Blue Line, Blue Line Deli swag all the time. My Thai Technology, when they were a wonderful sponsor yeah, of the show, yeah. I wear that shirt all the time. RJ Daniels, I have a nice RJ Daniels yes, sir. shirt that I wear. So, yeah, it's, I mean, that's probably the most... That's probably the thing I'll miss the most. All swag. The free stuff, if I'm being 100% thousand honest. Uh, I'm, you know. I'm upset I asked this it question. It will not be Sean, that's for uh, sure. Um, I see Stefan from time to time, so I won't miss Stefan because he still texts me all the time, even though I've tried to tell him multiple times to, lose, phone, to lose my phone number. Uh, Ed, I'll miss you. I like, I like chilling with you. That's Thank good. you, Christian. Uh, Ed's solid. Uh, Jay is, Jay's always a good dude. I like seeing Jay which from time to time when I come through. Um, but yeah, no, no, joking aside, I will miss Sean was a, a great co-host. He, we had a lot of fun together. We did. Um, we had a lot of great firsts on the, on the program and, and yeah, building man. it up. And, and I think that's a credit from not for me, but to Sean for his dedication and his commitment to, to really put his foot to the pedal with, with, this, with hockey night in New York and, um, building it to what it is now, which is a, a wonderful outlet for people to vent their frustration, their fandom, their, um, you know, just have a little bit of fun too on a Sunday night when they don't want to watch the foosball or, um, you know, the basketball or whatever. Our, re- other- our ratings with football are neck and neck. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I heard NBC was very, very scared towards they the They are end threatened. Of the yeah. I mean, right now, I think they have more viewers per capita than the uh, AFC championship game that's going on right now on CBS or whatever made up station that game is on. But, sure. Um, but no, I think. I think it's been a lot of fun to, to work with you and, and co-host the program, Sean. And I know I'm leaving it in very capable hands with Stefan coming on and someone who's a shining star, not only just Stop. with podcasts, shining but, star. but with wow. uh, but with the hockey media world in general. I know his his uh, his his sky is his ceiling's the limit. I don't know what the word the term is. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Yeah, with Stefan. So you're in great hands with with him and his insight and his sources and. His knowledge of the game, more so than I think I ever brought to this show. So, Stefan, I'm oh, excited to see where that. you take this show. And, of course, Chris and of Bata, course, Chris Bata, being yes. there as well, has been phenomenal and brings a, an extra edge to the show. Someone who really has insights into what went on and what possibly still goes on into you know, being a part of a front office or a, an NHL club. Yeah. So. No, he's, he's had some great stories. If I could add just something. Please? For Christian, obviously, I don't know if everybody knows, but uh, a couple years ago, I realized I wanted to do this and I reached out to about 10 Facebook pages saying, Hey, I don't have any writing experience. I want to cover the Islanders. Christian was the only one to respond. He took the time and effort, which I know he banged his head against the wall reading my stuff when I first probably the year of me doing it. Oh, it was it. awful. It was horrendous. I hated him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Damn. But he gave me- He'd ev- send, me for, send me stories of like, I hate you so much. Yeah. And um, he, sorry, but he but took the really. time and effort working. I don't know. He worked crazy hours at the radio station, you know, took the time and effort to help uh, me, yeah. train me. When that first site, when he left to join where I'm working now, 
Um, he offered me that job. I, I didn't take it at that point. And then I helped him out with the NY Hockey Now. He trained me, kept doing, kept helping me grow, grow. He left that. I took his spot. I'm taking his spot again. So, Christian, thanks for keep leaving places so you give me opportunities. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. But I really owe this guy, you know, a lot. So, thank you. You're, you're very nice welcome. That's a tribute, buddy. I, yeah. Like I said, Stefan's a rising star in this industry. And, and seriously, when you read his stuff and you understand his insight, I mean – he certainly is up there with the with the Molly Walkers and oh, the, um, you know, the Andrew it. Grosses and, and Ethan Sears and all those guys and girls that that cover the sport. So great stuff, Christian. It is it is a shame to see you go. It's bittersweet. It's great bring on Stefan at the same time. It's a shame seeing you go. We had a lot of fun here, a lot of laughs. Uh, I love the the reference to the off the rails over there because yeah. we 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 went did. off the rails so much that early it was early fun. seasons of the y- show. Yes, we did. Were ridiculous. Yeah, it was, I think we were just loopy from all the. The uh, quarantining, maybe, and some of those late. We used to do like ten o'clock shows, and we would we would just be yeah. We were we, tired, yes, we were loopy, <laughs> yes, tired and loopy. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's been a pleasure working with you, buddy. Obviously, we're gonna keep in touch with pals and all that, definitely. And uh, it's a shame you're not covering the team anymore, but you're covering everybody else. You're doing a I'll great damn cover, job. I'll probably cover every more. now and then. Cover every our Islanders a little bit more now that uh, things have died down with the other teams, and, and naturally, I'll be on. I'll try and jump on as many Ranger games as I can. And who knows, man? Maybe, maybe we'll just have you on here every now and then, too. You yeah. know, maybe, maybe. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll find a Zoom call for you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we, we could have done this months ago if you just gave us. I said that. So <laughs> Why do you in studio? I know. This. I told Sean. I was like, just have me Zoom in. We can we can get this over with. Oh, we God. wanted you right here. So we could shit talk Right here. here. <clears throat> In no, front of I the believe cameras. that part. That part, right here in front of the cameras. But buddy, it's been great. Yes. Best of luck with AM New York and Thank whatever you. other future endeavors you have. Appreciate that. Thanks so much for all the help for hanging out here. It's been uh, it's been awesome, man. Thank you, dude. And uh, I think we're gonna wrap this one up. So, folks, want to thank you all so much for tuning in to Twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY and your favorite podcast providers. Big big thanks to Dan Saracini over at Lighthouse Hockey, and of course. A big, big thanks to this gentleman right here, Mr. Christian Arnold. A big thanks to Stefan Rosner. Christian, even though there's really no reason for our audience to follow you anymore, where can we follow you on Twitter? (laughs) Well, if you want to read tweets about the Giants, Yankees, Nets, or possibly the Rangers, uh, at C underscore Arnold 01. And is it amnewyork.com? amny.com. amny.com. Back or slash sports. I don't know this slash. I don't know if that's a backslash or a regular slash. And and Stefan, where can we find you? Yep, S T E F E N underscore R O S N E R and N Y I hockeynow.com. Very good, very good. I want to thank you all for tuning in once again. And, of course, a big, big thanks to our sponsors, starting with Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Check them out at bluelinedeli.com. Also, a big thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. And check them out at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And, of course, a big thanks to Main Street Board Game Cafe, located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Check them out at mainstboardgamecafe.com. Remember, folks, if you dig what we're doing here, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, spread the word. I want to thank you all for tuning in here live, of course, and checking us out on YouTube later on. And your favorite podcast providers for Stefan Rosner, for Christian Arm, for Eddie and Jay, for myself, Sean Cuthbert. We have been Hockey Night New York. Have a great rest of your night. <laughs>